It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Free agents, they are starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together. We can see the puzzle. We can see the missing pieces, and the Minnesota Vikings are slowly adding. They've added one seven after they subtracted another one. Does the math add up? We'll talk about that next, coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson. We got uh, Joey Harrington, as I said, coming up in the Hangover with Ron Johnson segment. We're going to talk a little bit of Vikings free agency as well. What's going on? Who's gone? Who's in? One Cardinals player left. Another Cardinals player joins. Both wore number seven. Does the math add up? Like I said, we'll talk about that coming up when I get Sam Ekstrom on the show, my producer. But I want you guys to remember, this episode is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on just make every moment more head to fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started today and as i said tomorrow it's time like tomorrow is the best i feel like people take the day off i think i need to take the day off of work tomorrow because tomorrow is the best time of the year where i get to have my laptop my other laptop my ipad and my tv all going at the same time because it's March Madness and there's going to be a bunch of games on at the same time right around that midday when the kids get home from school. I got to take care of the kids for a little bit, but then I'm going to jump back into that basketball once the kids are doing their homework. But we got to bring Sam Ekstrom to the show, Sam. A lot has happened overnight. That's the one thing about football is you can go to sleep and wake up and the world has completely changed for your team. Uh, for those that are not keeping track, the Minnesota Vikings have re-signed Garrett Bradbury. They have restructured Kirk Cousins' deal. And Kirk Cousins is going to get his money. It's just spread out. I'll let Sam explain that a little bit more. Uh, but mm-hmm. the Vikings are slowly but surely freeing up cap space, getting deals restructured, getting guys re-signed, and cornerback was the question. They got rid of Patrick Peterson, or sorry, Patrick Peterson left and went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He wore number seven. So you subtract a seven, you got to add a seven. The Vikings have signed Byron Murphy, cornerback from the Arizona Cardinals, six foot, 190 pound, young corner. This is his fourth season, four years experience. He's young, he's good. This is a good piece and a good addition to an aggressive defense, a team that wants to play a little bit more man, get a little bit more aggressive up front. Byron Murphy being young, but also being a veteran, I think is going to help this team. It's been a while since probably Xavier Rhodes when they've had a true young veteran. They did bring in Patrick Peterson. They have drafted guys like Cam Dantzler, Caleb Evans, but those guys are young, young. Andrew Booth Jr. And then you bring in older guys. Duke Shelley might be a guy they bring back. Duke Shelley had a good year, but They have signed Byron Murphy. So that's the first piece of that 
defensive puzzle as far as cornerback and safety. I know they got a uh, Harrison Smith is still out there. Uh, you you look at Dalvin Cook just posted like a Vikings hype video. So is, does that mean he's excited <laughs> to be back? Because they did add, we talked about Josh Oliver, big blocking tight end. You re-sign Garrett Bradbury, your center. So clearly you're trying to run it back with some of the same things and maybe add better pieces to the run game puzzle. And I talked about this during the season, Sam, and we talked about this. Running to Christian Derrissaw's side was no issue. It was running to the other side, not Brian O'Neill, but just, I think, center guard to that right side of the line. It just didn't always seem solidified. Uh, we had a lot of uh, guys blowing through on the Dalvin Cook jump pass, you know, all that kind of little stuff. Uh, they just didn't seem like they solidified it. So maybe adding an additional big blocking tight end, your line can focus more inside and not worry so much about the outside because the outside guy can handle himself now. He doesn't need help. Mm -hmm. You know, he can help out, but the inside can solidify keeping that pocket a little bit cleaner, a little bit slower rush and not so quick up in Kirk Cousins' face, but also in the run game. Running that outside zone, running that tall sweep, you now have a big body that can be one by one off TJ Hawkinson. So uh, the Vikings are again, they're adding these pieces to the puzzle. Uh, you still got to figure out if Dalvin Cook's just good to go. There's no, no restructure needed or what's going to happen there. We know Harrison Smith, there's going to be talks there. But Garrett Bradbury is back. So that answers that question of, you know, drafting a John Michael Schmidt. Now, here's the thing Garrett Bradbury can play guard, John Michael Schmidt can play guard for the Gophers. So I wouldn't be surprised if that still ends up happening or like everybody's saying, draft another corner. You got Byron Murphy. You got rid of all your corners. You had to bring in one or two and you're going to have to draft a guy, maybe Duke Shelley after the draft. Um, but the, the pieces have fallen so far. Uh, again, we will never know until OTAs and training camp. I, I never like to really put a like, Oh, this is going to be great because of this. We don't really know. But what do you think, Sam? Well, I'm just, confused about where the money's going to come from i guess i'm not confused i know how they're going to find the money i just know that they need to make moves to get to get the money um they've signed davenport to 13 oliver to to seven and murphy to 11 per year um and and uh, you know the cap structures differently sometimes the money's back loaded sometimes it's front loaded not exactly sure how much is hitting the cap this year but i know they've got to make some moves so one of those moves yesterday they restructured kirk cousins they kick $16 million into void years, um, which basically means they're screwed against the cap next year. Um, but they clear up money that way. So is the next move to trade Zedarius? Clear up money that way? Do they cut Harrison Smith? Do they cut Dalvin Cook? They need about two other moves, Ron, to make this work because these are aggressive moves. Marcus mm -hmm. Davenport, Byron Murphy, these are aggressive moves for players in their mid-20s, in their prime. So the Vikings are trying not to not to lose talent on defense. They replace one talented corner for another, potentially one edge rusher for another. So if there's any thought that this is sort of a rebuild, it's not. They're restocking the cupboard with some fresh talent. Yeah, and, and fresh talent, again, the defense. Uh, I, I like the fact that they're adding so many defensive pieces because that was the issue. Let's be real. Uh, we could say it was Ed Donatel's scheme. Ed Donatel said the players weren't paying attention half the time. Uh, the, the players said they're going to take over the defense for the Giants game. And Ed Donatel said, oh, the, the, the veterans took over. You're going to like what you see. I don't think we liked what we saw. Um, so I think it was all parties needed to separate. Ed Donatel needed to go. And maybe some of these older defensive pieces that they thought they wanted to have probably needed to go. Um, 
we look at the Miami, Miami Dolphins and you look at what Brian Flores built with the Miami Dolphins. You look at the fact that when the, he got fired, the defensive coordinator did not go. So the fact that the owners kept the defensive coordinator with the Miami Dolphins after Brian Flores left, quote unquote, it's the same Brian Flores type defense in Miami. They did pretty well. Now, they did have some up and downs uh, where, you know, Tua gets hurt and so on and so forth, but the defense didn't do bad. And Brian Flores clearly knows how to build a defense, clearly knows how to put pieces on the field. Uh, so this would be very interesting uh, to what's going to happen with this Vikings defense. But, I, you know, again, he's getting those pieces in there. But we got Joey Harrington coming up and hanging around Johnson segment. Looking forward to that. You guys got to stick around for that. He's going to hang out and uh, hang around Johnson. He's also going to uh, do the daily three with myself and Sam. And, and Joey has some great stuff. Like he's giving away some custom Jordan. If you're a sneakerhead and you like custom Jordans, one of ones, one of fives, there's five custom pairs of Jordans. And he's going to tell the story. The guy that created the Jordan one, one of the artists for Nike, gifted him five pairs of Jordans to raffle off $25 raffle you can join in a couple more days for it uh go to the harrington family foundation.org uh but you, you you're gonna want to check that out 25 bucks get you a raffle ticket and to get into like a one of one i mean these these on the street will go for four thousand dollars three or four thousand dollars because there's only five of them so if you're a sneakerhead and these are legit Jordans made by the Nike creator, the one of the artists. Uh, you know, we know the whole Phil Knight, Oregon story and uh, how how they love their Oregon uh, players. Joy Harrington being one of the best ever at quarterback, uh, Heisman Trophy candidate. So you're going to want to stick around and hear that story as well and what he's doing. But remember, you can check out the Minnesota Football Party four days a week, Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Bryan, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, as it is every day. NBA season, NHL season, coming down the wire. March Madness, around the corner. Perfect time to sign up and get a no-sweat first bet, where you get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, very easy to use. There are numerous ways to bet. Check out all the wagers. Look at point totals in basketball look at goal scorers in hockey you can put together same game parlays for a chance at huge payouts don't miss that no sweat first bet either new signups get a chance to uh, win up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets when your first bet doesn't win or if it doesn't win hopefully it does go to fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba so as promised in the Hanging Ron Johnson segment, this one uh, is a blast from the past. Uh, when you think about Oregon Duck football, you think of Nike uniforms. You think of that weird little duck guy that runs around. Uh, you think about the cheerleaders, because I know they are very famous uh, in the sports world. But then you think of Joy Harrington. And I remember Joy Harrington. Uh, we were in the same draft class. We both did the rookie premiere together. Uh, we both did the uh, the 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 hey rookie you're in the NFL out in uh, California together. We did the symposium together, um, and, and when you go through that whole world, uh, the one thing I remember is Eric Crouch. We always joked about that. We thought that Joey Harrington should have been the Heisman Trophy winner, but you had Joey Harrington, you had Rex Grossman, and then you had uh, Eric Crouch from Nebraska. And uh, I saw a guy playing piano on Twitter. And it got kind of famous fast. Like, it went viral. 
So I got to bring Joey Harrington onto the Hangar Ron Johnson segment. Uh, Joey, appreciate you, man. So I got to jump out there. Like, I, like you know, a lot of people enter Twitter and you know their own way. Like Peyton Manning, he started off with a joke. Uh, Eli Manning started off with a, a Super Bowl joke because he was doing something for like some kind of hot sauce or something. Who knows what? Uh, Tom Brady did the underwear picture to let people know he was a part of the world. Uh, his his combine picture, and then you. Uh, are playing a piano and Mina Kine from ESPN. Uh, she retweeted that was the not the weirdest thing she's seen today. Uh, she's very intrigued to why Joy Harrington is playing the piano. Uh, jump into that. Like, what where, where is that from, or what 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 did that even how that even come about? Oh, okay. Well, it's good to see you too. First of all, I'm glad <laughs> to see that uh, you still uh, you've you've moved on and don't harbor a grudge from that uh, incredible Sun Bowl in '99. <laughs> But so to talk about the piano, the Twitter thing. Um, so I got to know Mina um, when she was doing a piece for uh, on Justin Herbert yeah, and just his explosion into the NFL and what kind of guy he is. And um, and so we just connected on on Twitter. You know, she's fantastic at what she does. Incredibly um well, well read, well educated. Like it just has really crisp, in my opinion, um, insight into that side of the game and so um just through conversation she said how much she can't get that burger king uh uh jingle out of her head right and i saw somebody who posted like they turned the burger king jingle into like a wedding march or like a wedding theme and uh, and i just sent her something i was like you know actually i mean i don't i don't hear it as a wedding song i hear it more kind of like a jazz club song so I just took the uh, took the Burger King jingle and and just pretended I was down at a, at a jazz club, you know, back in eighth grade and playing with the trio um, because that's that's kind of my I don't say my background, but I played for God, I'm forty. We're we're old now, right? We are old. I'm four, I did some quick math. I was like, okay, I started when I was four, so I've played the piano for forty years now. Um, wow, it's a long time. Yeah, it is. That is. I didn't know you played the piano. Uh, that's something that that scraped by when we were down there in California, hanging out at the Rose Bowl. Um, and, you know, because like we did a talent show for the bowl game. And, you know, for those that don't know, Joy Harrington played for the Oregon Ducks, uh, one of Glenn Mason's many uh, demises. But you know what? I've learned every demise of Glenn Mason has always produced great talent. Uh, Joey Harrington was a part of one of the demises. The other one was Philip Rivers. Uh, the other one was Michael Crabtree. Like Glenn Mason and superstars were synonymous with losing bowl games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just is what it is. Karan Riley just said that. He said, he said Glenn Mason, something forgot. He's like, but he couldn't uh, coach in the second half. Like he just bowl game, second half, Mason, I don't know what happened. But and, and it's probably the players' fault too. We probably were a little bit too partied out from, uh, you know, the whole week of stuff. But when you look at, you know, that talent show down at the bowl game, Oregon versus Minnesota, why didn't you offer that as your talent show talent to get up there and, uh, you know, tickle the ivories? Nobody asked. (laughs) You know, it's not like I wheel around a piano on my back. You know, it's like, hold on, let me just, you know, pull a piano out of my sleeve. Um, yeah, that's you should. But just, like you were joy, like there was a billboard. I'll never forget this. There was like a Nike billboard with you on it, trying to push the Heisman thing. Like you should have had. They should have had somebody with a Nike piano that just followed you around town to help the Heisman campaign, and you just would like sit down at random restaurants in your uniform, just playing the piano for people, uh, not for money, for votes. And that's that's that. See, there you go. That that could have been your bit. 
Yeah. Still might still might be your bit for charity. Like, think about that. Joey Harrington in his uniform playing the piano around town for money for charity with a sign. Okay, it's so funny you it's funny you say that. So I literally just this weekend. I was sitting there and I was thinking, God, like watching the tourney games, uh, the, the conference tourney games. I was like, I'm so excited for March Madness. And I was yep. like, I thought of one shining moment and, and we're running our uh, foundation raffle right now. So I actually sent out another Twitter, um, you know, uh, video doing the one shining moment song, but attached the, tw- uh, our fundraiser link to it. Like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it does. Maybe that's how I get eyeballs onto our fundraisers for our students. I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm not above. Uh, Can you sing though? Can you sing? No, no, no. See, but you know what? I don't know if you saw the ESPYs, Kirk Cousins or the NFL honors. Kirk Cousins got up there and sang. Uh, I think George Kittle or somebody sang. Ooh. Yeah. I'm you need to, you need to just create like a, a joking medley about NFL quarterbacks or something and just sing it out. That could be another way to get videos. We'll see. We'll see how this, uh, we'll see how the scholarship (laughs) promotion starts out. Right. That's that, that's kind of the, that's where I'm starting right now. Like we'll see if the piano, if I can get enough people to click and buy a raffle ticket for the Jordans that were raffling off. Right. Then I'll know that the piano video bit works and we can branch out it, it, you you could be the uh, you could be the um, what you can be the writer like you could you, you know in the, yeah. the backstage guy, like we could you know you could, hey how about this try this one out and I could all right put it to chords and then we could team up exactly there you go for charity so we can make that happen um, talk a little football so Joey Harrington as we know drafted the Detroit Lions um, played against the Minnesota Vikings a number of times you and I were talking and this is a story like Sam remembers the miss kick I did not know about the miss kick. Um, but I know miss kicks in Vikings history, they go hand in hand, but this one, this one actually went in the Vikings favor. Oh, you were telling me that. Yeah. The throw up story. What, what, like what was going on Vikings lions? Oh man. That, so that would have been, Oh, Oh five, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I woke up in the middle of the night. I mean, it was, it had to be food poisoning or something. And I was just sick as a dog and i got i couldn't get back to you know back to sleep in the hotel so i ended up going over to the stadium you know probably like six in the morning and just hooking up an iv and just laying there and Mm -hmm. we're going you know the whole team's going through warm-ups and i was like oh you know (laughs) i'm gonna have this thing you know into my vein until uh one o'clock kickoff until 12 59 and and then we'll see how we go and i got out there and um you know one of those games hey look between you and me, right, I didn't exactly have a whole lot of success in the NFL, right? Didn't exactly light the world on fire. That being said, I remember going out in that game, and we were down a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And it was one of those moments where it was like, you know what, I'm probably going to pay for this. You know, at some point, I'm probably going to throw up in a, in a bucket on the sideline, but we're just going <laughs> to go. And we came back, and Roy Williams and I went down the field twice in the fourth quarter, and I threw him a touchdown a back shoulder in that uh, in the corner over there. And we come off the field. I was like, Oh my God, we, we're actually going to do this. Right. Looked back when I heard, when I heard the groan from the, from the stands, cause we were at Ford field and looked up on the board and saw um, the snap landed short or the, the holder dropped it and we lost, we missed the kick. 
you know, because the because we we the holder dropped the PAT snap after all the work we did, we lost twenty eight twenty seven. Wow! Mm-hmm. So all of that work you threw up food poison, and that's the thing. I, I was going to say, were you in Minnesota? So you got food poison oh. in your own town? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the people and you know, people, like I said, I didn't play real. It, it, they may have been trying to you know proactively get me out, right? Because you know, let's be honest, like it wasn't exactly a stellar stretch for me during those years in Detroit. So maybe you're bringing something up here. This is what uh, I'll say though. This is what I'll say for because I've talked. We had Rachel Barable on. If you get a chance, you know, look her up. She's great. You played six years in the NFL. You played six oh, more oh, years. Oh, 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 don't be taking. Don't be taking a year away from me. Seven. Am I I get just because I didn't, just because I didn't, I backed up Drew doesn't mean that year doesn't count. Come what on, it? were they already showing me six? What year? Oh, it was it 2008 in New Orleans? I was ah, on, that's the was, one that the football reference. Drew. Football reference does not like you. You need to tell them that they need to update your uh, bio because they they don't they don't they don't like you. Uh, but yeah, so you played seven years in the NFL. You did something that only point zero six percent of college athletes even get to do Whoa. you did something more than like 0.0000% of American human beings, different country, whatever get to do. So you in my book, man, like you were one of the greats uh, you've done something that a lot of people have not done lead games, you know, take the snap, you know, be, be the guy everybody's looking to. And when you look at that, you know what I mean? Like throwing, you know, 17 touchdowns, 19 touchdowns, 12, like that's not an easy task to do. Uh, but but going back to your college days at Oregon, and you look at Oregon then, and you look at Oregon now, you you guys were kind of the because I remember the bowl game we played you guys, and I'll never forget when we were talking. Had to be talking to some of your teammates maybe, and we were at like the little pep rally, and we were asking them like, man, what did you guys get? Because you remember like you get a gift every day in the hotel, and you know there's a bag or a sweatsuit or something, and you guys had like custom Nike like letterman jackets with a duck on the back no. you guys had something else you're or making, something kind of, you're just jealous and you're making this <laughs> i'm telling you you're, you guys gifts were better than ours i just remember that i remember either it was your nike gifts were better we both were nike schools we we're like how is this but i'm like feel night i get it but when you look at oregon now and oregon then you guys kind of were the start of that um what what did that feel like in that timing like as you started to grow within this oregon you saw nike really kind of come alongside Oregon and was kind of like the first, like, Hey, like, we're going to give you guys cool uniforms. We're going to do this. Like, what was that like being a part of that? Well, so I'm, I'm going to just make a quick, I say addition to your point a second ago, you know, I jokingly, you know, say the, the struggles that I had in Detroit or, or whatever it was, but you're spot on. And the thing that people don't quite understand is for six years, I was a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Only 32 jobs. Right. So I was one of the 32 best people in the world at what I did. Right. If you're a starting wide receiver in the NFL, you're one of the 64 best people in the world at what you do. Yeah. That's, that's what people don't quite, Oh, he sucks. Like, well, actually, no, like there are (laughs) what 2.3 billion people in this world who are not as good as Ron Johnson was at NFL as a wide receiver in the NFL. Right. Right. So that, that there is a definite perspective to that. Um, it's interesting that you talk about kind of the, the evolution of Oregon football, right? Mm-hmm. You see it from the outside as, you know, our team's 99, 2000, 2001. Right. Heisman billboard. Um, 
you know, the new, the first year we, we did new uniforms, which actually we only had two, we had a home and an away. It was just that our helmet was like kind of this iridescent green yep. and it was different. Right. And then you see what that has done to launch where the program is now. As an Oregonian and as someone who was part of the program, I see it starting back in 86. Okay. Bill Musgrave came, right? Because Bill Musgrave came and took Oregon to their first bowl game in like 173 years. I mean, it, it was back, you know, it was, um, you know, I think Genghis Khan was still rolling <laughs> into a, to a bowl game. And you should have seen the excitement that happened. Right. And so yeah. that team that went to the 88, 89 Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was bitter cold. Yeah, I think it was raining sideways and there were thousands of people there. That excitement turned into the recruiting class that became the 94 Rose Bowl. Mm, okay. That 94 Rose Bowl team became Kenny Wheaton, who picked off. Um, Damon Heward took it yep. 92 for a touchdown, which, you know, which launched him into the Rose Bowl, which then became the Cotton Bowl team, which became the recruiting classes that became our team. Yeah. Our teams became the recruiting classes that turned into the LaMichael James, that turned into DeAnthony Thomas, that turned into Haloti Nata, like start going down the list. And then they saw, you're right, Nike and, and, and Phil Knight is an incredibly generous uh, alum of, mm-hmm. of University of Oregon, ran track at Oregon, ran with Bill Bauer. You know, Bill Bowerman was a coach and um, has a has an incredible connection. And he saw the possibilities and invested in us. Oh, okay. He invested in making his his university special. Um, and from that point, it, it's grown to what you see today. And and that's the cool thing is is to be able to see like there is literally a step by step by step progression that turned Oregon into what it is today. And, and like I said, this, uh, we had a part in it, you know, our team that, that crushed you guys in the 90 <laughs> had a part of it, but by no means did we start it. You know, this was, this was a 85, 86 um, slow build um, until we decided to dismantle you in El Paso on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I will say, I will say, Oregon is definitely the powerhouse now. Um, because I think they went back. Yeah, they played them again in two thousand three. It looks like they had a couple times they played them, but I forgot there was the other game where Minnesota won because that was 03 with like a Saad Abdul Khalid, Marion Barber, mm. um, and they beat you guys. That was after that was our rookie. I have year no memory of that. I don't, that game never <laughs> happened. Or no, that was our second year yeah. in the NFL because I do remember that one because I remember everybody was saying. It was one of those games where, um, you know, Minnesota's going to do what Minnesota does. They find a way to lose because they were winning in the third. And then, you know, Oregon bought it back and then Minnesota kicked the field goal and ended up winning it. So I do remember that because they beat Oregon and Alabama in those back-to-back bowl years. Uh, you know, and Glenn Mason figured it out. But I will say he had Marion Barber. So that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. You got Marion Barber, Lawrence Maroney. You start getting running backs that run like that. Like it makes it a lot easier to be some of these teams. But when you think about your time in the NFL, we got two more quick ones before we jump to the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Myself, Joey, and Sam are going to jump into that. Uh, when you think about your time uh, in the NFL and you look at, you know, relationships, friendships, all, you know, like all that comes with it, the brotherhood, 
Um, what's some of the best or one of the best memories that you have of your time? In the NFL? Yeah. You want, to, you want me to be honest? Yeah, be honest. There aren't many. Okay. Um, and, and it's an interesting, and part of it was, was on me. Yeah. Um, but there is such a change in the difference. And, and obviously college football is different now with NIL and you know, right. being paid. There is a difference between a college locker room and an NFL locker room. True. And that genuine camaraderie, that completely uninhibited, I'm making a $750 scholarship check, you're making a $750 scholarship check, equality throughout the locker room. Right. That didn't exist in the NFL for me. And, you know, we don't, I mean, there's, there's a whole, whole, you know, it's a whole nother show on, on, on that. Um, but it took me probably, it took me a good six years. I was near the end of my career mm-hmm. um, before I really felt a connection to, to a locker room. And that happened in New Orleans. Um, you know, it, for me, it was, it was just survival. Like I was trying to, um, I was trying to live up to something. I was trying to always like, oh my God, I'm falling short. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. Right. And that, and, and I think in, in a lot of ways that kept me from making some of those, um, like truly, you know, memorable connections. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got to the, you know, got to New Orleans where I was like, there's no chance that I'm going to be playing right now. Like <laughs> Drew Brees is the guy and I am not getting on that field. It wasn't until I got into that situation where I was truly able to like, let my guard down. Okay. And, and connect with that, that locker room. And there are guys there. And it's so funny. Like I never set foot on the field, never stepped on the field at the Superdome, but I stay in touch with more guys from that new Orleans team. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like Billy Miller, guys like Mark Brunel, um, guys like Reggie Bush, you know, just guys that, um, like you said, you, you, the football locker room creates this, this closeness, right? You're going through it all together. Yeah. Um, and for me, it took a while. It, it took a while for, for me to find that, that place. But, um, yeah, like I said, that's a uh, that's another story for another day. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get you back on the show because that, that seems like a loaded question. So, yeah. um, you know, when you when you think about that, because at the end, I'm going to I'm going to let you give yourself some advice, because that's what I always do at the end. We like to let the guests give themselves like a back to the future moment where they get to go back in the DeLorean and run into their self at whatever age um, and then give themselves some advice to help them out for the future. Um, but when you think about that, you know, like you said, being, you know, a top you know, right now, if you think about like the top five picks and you think about all the pressure that comes along with it, um, you know, would you say it was because of the amount of money you were getting or was it just you put that pressure on yourself? Was what? To like the the reason why you felt like maybe you didn't connect with guys or you kind of put yourself in a spot where you didn't feel connected to the to the team at times. Um, I think a lot of it was probably self-created. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was, um, you know, a lot of anxiety around it. Um, yeah. a, a lot of, yeah, it, it was, 
I don't know that it was something I was necessarily prepared for, but I, I don't know how you can prepare for something like that. Right. It, you know, that that's just one of those life experiences that sometimes you get put in a situation that um, you thought you were ready for, but you weren't. And it turns out differently than um, than you would have expected. But, you know, I get I get asked all the time, like, do you wish you could have gone back and done something differently? And my answer right. is always no, because I love where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I love my wife. I love my, my two boys. I love being able to coach basketball. I love being able to watch them play soccer. I love being able to wake up every day and meet them down at the bottom of the stairs and mm-hmm. give them a hug and say, let's have breakfast. And, you know, and then watch, you know, get them out the door and pick them up from school. Um, and I love what those NFL experiences taught me, right? Uh, I, I'm so lucky that I get to work for a foundation that I, that I was able to start with, you know, my first year in the NFL, like I get to give scholarships for a living. Like how great is that? Yeah, no, that's great. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of it was, was self-inflicted, but Again, it's one of those things like you, you live and you learn and yeah. um, I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah, no, because I know a lot of players like, you know, I've had a, a bevy of guys on from Spice Adams to Mel Blunt, uh, you know, and so different age groups, different, you know, Spice was more of a post football guy. He became famous after football because of all his social media stuff. So I, I love to see that because you, you do hear that where you get to a certain team and it's like there's no connection there, whether it's yourself, you're overthinking it. Uh, you know, you do, like Tommy Harris, he came on and he talked about like how he didn't enjoy it at first uh, being in the NFL because he did overthink everything. And he did always like, oh, I got to do this. I got to be great at this. I got to be better at this. And, uh, you know, it took time to like get that locker room to where they were with the Bears. And so he even brought that up, uh, like allowing himself to to enjoy it and, and be a part of the process. So, no, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. But now that's definitely we definitely have to get you back on, uh, especially after like as the draft goes, because you, you have a huge insight into you know having your name called being the you know first couple guys off the board you know you you look at um teams questioning should you have taken this guy should this guy be first should, should david carr be first should it be joy Harrington? you know like julius peppers i mean it was it was a lot of that the whole time um and and i i remember that because dave and i had the same agent and so you know i was kind of you know going along me him tank williams aiken andale uh you know we were all going through the lamont thompson uh, Washington State we were all going through the process together training together uh you know so watching David Carr even go through that as we worked out it's like man it's it's pressure you know and, and you know for players it's like but the quarterbacks you guys are the like you're the face when they draft you you got to take it so yeah you can't prepare people can say whatever they want about the money and all that it is great it is a blessing God does do miracles uh does give you a leg up on the world but it doesn't prepare you for what comes with it uh, but we're going to jump into the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. That's myself, Joey, and Sam. Uh, and before we do that, I want you guys to remember, Locked On Sports is a power partner with FanDuel Sportsbook. Just go to FanDuel Sportsbook backslash locked on. That's FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get your free offer and get started today. And we have a word from our sponsors. Oh. Yep. Thank you, Ron. We are brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar has a new March Madness Bracket Challenge. If you have a favorite bar or puff, now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com. I'll be voting for the Cookies and Cream Puff. That's my favorite. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a a drawing to win 
a free box of Built Bars. 50, 50 lucky Lockdown listeners will get one, and one Lockdown listener will win a 12-month subscription to have Built sent to their home every single month. You got to try Built Bars. Low in sugar, high in protein, 100% real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're... Well, now it's time for the Daily 3. That's three questions, three minutes each, of course. We're going to give Joey most of the time, and I'll pick up where he leaves off. Take it away, Sam. All right, Joey. I, I love asking former athletes this question. Um, and you started like 75 NFL games, so good sample size. You've yeah. got good days. you got off days, right? I mm-hmm. want to know for, from, from your perspective as a quarterback, what's the difference? Like what is different about feeling great, feeling confident, putting together a great game versus the days where it just doesn't click? Is it the protection? Is it the, the way the defense is playing? run game what's what factor influences your success most well i mean obviously it's preparation right you, you got to be prepared and you gotta you gotta know your game plan inside and out versus this coverage this is where i'm going this is the play this is my check this is what could happen like literally be prepared for any situation mm-hmm. if you get to that point where you are completely prepared and show up to the game and go through your warm-ups and kick off and take your first snap and just, and it just isn't feeling right. I don't know. Sometimes you just, sometimes it just happens. Like, and sometimes it's quarter to quarter. Sometimes you get in the, through an entire game and, you know, nothing ever turns, turns around. Sometimes you, you know, you get into halftime and um, make a couple adjustments and come back out, start fresh, hit your first couple throws. And now you, now you just start rolling. Like, at Oregon, you know, it's, it was a joke. Coach uh, Mike Bellotti was our coach, and my uh, reputation was that of not playing great in the first half and then coming back and winning in the fourth quarter. So we're coming up the up the tunnel at halftime one time uh, against Utah, and he's we're jogging up, and he's not real happy. And he looks at me, he says, "You know, you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter to start playing well." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, cool." So um, I wish I had an answer for you, you know, because if yeah. If I knew, I would, I would have done it at the beginning of every game. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'd say for, for a guy, you know, like when you look at Joey Harrington, uh, you know, one of the top college passers, you know, 3,000 yards in 2000, uh, you know, just one of the greats. And so what I've always been taught as a receiver, because they're the ones throwing you the ball, the only thing I can get, there's always a lot to this, because one, you got the coach that wants a certain play. You got the receivers that want a different play. You got the quarterback that probably sees the play he thinks it should be. And then when the play's going, you got your favorite receiver, you know, usually gets open. But then if he's not there, who's his backup? Who's the next guy you go to? What's the progression? Is it high to low? Is it corner route to hitch? You know, is the offensive line. And I always think it starts with protection. Like I was with the NFL quarter or uh, sorry, coach this weekend. And uh, we were talking about that and it starts with protection, you know, receivers. Cause I was asked about receivers and all these new releases and, and he's like, yeah, but you know what? It doesn't matter if the offensive line can't block. And I'm like, I think it starts there. Cause now there's so many weird blitzes and, yeah, and so it's, many it's fine, 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 fine. But that, that all, that all can happen. But sometimes you just show up like, Ron, you know, like sometimes you just show up and it's just like, man, it just doesn't feel right today. Doesn't have and it. Yeah. Up, see, and I'm not a quarterback. So yeah, you can't miss. 
Like yeah. I've literally had days where I, I felt like I could stand out there, put my hand, one hand over my <laughs> eyes and then just, you know, complete everything. And then there are literally days where I had guys running wide open up the sideline yeah. and I overthrew them by 10 yards. Like, yeah, no, yes, yeah. it does so go on a quarterback. It does go on a quarterback. You just can't explain it sometimes. Yeah, no, and that's and that's why this game is so fickle. Like, there's only a couple Tom Brady. You know, there's only one Tom Brady. There's one Drew Brees. You know, like, it is what it is. What you got next, Sam? All right, next. All right, who is the most talented receiver you ever had the privilege of throwing to, Joey? Ooh. Roddy White in Atlanta mm. was an absolute just a freak. I mean, just one of those guys that was an unbelievable athlete, but hadn't quite figured it out. Joe Horn came to Atlanta with the year that I was there. And I don't know whether it was, whether it was um, Joe's guidance. I don't know whether it was just, you know, whether it was, you know, I'd like to think it was probably because I was throwing him the ball personally, um, but or whether it was just Roddy, you know, like figuring out in his time. But after that year, like you, he was big, he was strong, he was fast, he could go up after it. He had hand like, and after that year, he just exploded. Like he was one of those guys that you looked at him and it was like, oh, this guy, like if if he could only figure it out. And after that year, he figured it out. Um, I would probably have to say that second group of amazing wide receivers. Um, I had Chris Chambers and, and Marty Booker in, in Miami. Chris Chambers was another one of those freaks that you just wish that he had that get me, get me the damn ball mentality, right? That Keyshawn, like throw right. it my way, but he deferred more often and he deferred to book sometimes who book wasn't quite as good of an athlete as, um, as Chris was, but God, he could, he could go get it when he wanted to. Uh, Roy Williams. I'll never forget. We're in practice. Roy Williams is breaking up the sideline. So running this way and I underthrow him a little bit, the DBs on his back, he reaches out and behind the DBs helmet catches the tip of the ball behind his helmet, takes it and then tucks it behind his back. The DB did a full 360 trying to find it. <laughs> and he looks back and he sees Roy standing there. Roy shows him the ball and then takes off running. <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, man. Yeah, you you have some greats there. I'd say, like, for me, watching receivers, honestly, mine was always watching Todd Heap. Like, I feel like Todd Heap was a tight end before mm -hmm. his time. Like, Todd Heap was more of a, Jay, or a Travis Kelsey. But back then – teams needed more of a like a bigger Shannon Sharp type or a Tony Gonzalez type or a, you know an Antonio Gates like they hadn't figured out that smaller skinnier faster tight ends could actually work um you just can't run the ball as much and I think that yeah. was the rub for the for the Ravens was we ran the crap out the ball so you got Jamal Lewis and so Todd Heap gets hurt a lot because he's asked to block front side with these 290 pound DNs, these 330 pound tackles he's having to help out. And so Todd always had like neck and back issues, uh, which at the time I didn't know. I was like, I didn't, now I get it. I'm like, man, that dude should be like Travis Kelsey. He should be backside running routes every time split out. Like Todd heap was cause against the Jaguars. Cause I was talking to Keenan McCarla about this. I think Todd heap had like 
two or three touchdowns against the Jags, and it was all like jump ball fades. Oh. And um, I remember we like we got in trouble because this is pre you can't group celebrate. But after one of them, we all like posed like we were in the newspaper, and Brandon Stokely came sliding across, took a picture of all of us in the end zone celebrating together. We got a flag because you can't do that back then. You could now it'd be celebrated all over Twitter. Um, and it ended up being in like the front page of the paper, which Brian Billick, of course, puts on the screen to say, this is what you don't do. Uh, you don't end up on the front page with a yellow flag because you guys think you're cool or something. And we won the game. Thank God we won the game because we would have got killed if we lost. But um, I think like Todd, he, that was one of the most talented uh, guys I've been around that just, I mean, hops, jumping ability, but he was ahead of his time. He was like, if you put him in today's uh, football with Travis, with Travis Kelsey, He's right up there with those guys. Like he could run every route. He could play receiver. Uh, cause that, and that was the year I forgot my third year. We went to a, we went to a season with four receivers only because Todd, Heap was our fifth receiver. Like he would come in and three receiver, four receiver sets. So that just showed, but now, now it's celebrated back then. It was like, Oh, he's undersized. You know, now it's like, man, where's that guy at? Can you find me that guy? What's the last one you got for us, Sam? Yep. In closing for me, uh, give me an underrated quarterback, Joey, in the NFL today. Underrated quarterback in the NFL. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Mm. I am. Mm. You know, I think some of the things that he did in Las Vegas and in Oakland for that matter, um, he did a lot with a little. And I know that, you know, didn't win playoff games, didn't win a championship, but he's one of those guys that um, I think he's going to have a breakout year here in, in, in New Orleans. I, th I think that he is, um, you know, he's not a transcendent player. He's not a generational player uh, and often gets, you know, overlooked by the Mahomes, the Aaron Rodgers, the, you know, Brady's and Breeze's. Um, but I think Derek Carr is a very underrated player, and I think he's going to have a good season in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I actually I agree with that. I'd say he's underrated. Another one that I'll be interested to see now going to Oakland is Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I, I think a lot of times did he, did he sign with Vegas today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's with the Raiders Ooh. now. So that will be interesting to see him with with Tay Adams um, and what that, and then if they get Josh Jacobs to come back in that offense. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he handles it. And was he a system guy? And was it just the 49ers make everybody great? Or can he really get back to where he was and, you know, who the New England Patriots thought they had before they traded him? Um, you know, and, and that's why I think he's a little bit underrated because Shanahan's system, everybody has done well. And so now they've kind of downplayed who Jimmy Garoppolo is. So I think he's a little underrated. And of course, I always go with Kirk Cousins. Nobody really thinks Kirk Cousins is that good. They just think he does just enough. And I think Kirk Cousins is, you know, again, I, I might be a little bit biased because I work with him and I see him every week. But I just feel like, you know, the throws he makes at times, it's like that's I mean, granted, Justin Jefferson makes like ridiculous catches, but it's still you got to throw it. You got to put it in a spot where only your guy can get it. You got to, you know, trust your guy and throw it a little bit earlier. Like, I mean, it's the things he's doing isn't easy. So I, I will agree. say and with an offensive guard, you know, and center combo that sometimes can't block. Um, you know, he does a good job of, of, of getting out of there, whether it's a boot or understanding like, Hey, I, I know this blitz is coming. I got to get rid of it. 
Uh, so I think he's a little bit underrated. But Joey, like I said, man, at the end of every show, I love to let the guests, uh, you know, kind of give themselves some advice. But you you said something earlier and I was talking about this and I wanted to make sure I hit on it. The Michael Jordan shoe in Oregon. Now it's synonymous. You got teams following you guys' footsteps with the Jordan brand, but now you're giving away uh, some custom Jordans. There's a link. We'll make sure to tweet out that link as well uh, for our fan group, and we'll make sure to, to get, you know, CARE 11 here in Minnesota. They usually retweet a lot of the videos like this, so we'll make sure that happens. Uh, but explain what's going on with your foundation and the Jordan shoe, and, you know, because I know you said you started that as a rookie. Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of a quick backstory is, you know, I said, I get to give scholarships for a living. I, I uh, set up a foundation when I got drafted, knowing mm-hmm. that I wanted to do something to give back when I was done. Um, the idea that I came up with was uh, a community leadership scholarship, a com- you know, be a quarterback of your community. And mm-hmm. so we give four, four year scholarships to graduating high school seniors around the state of Oregon. Wow. has nothing to do with grades or test scores, but it's all financial need and community leadership. And then we connect them with mentors. We've got a board of mentors, you know, everybody, you know, people from, you know, advertising to finance to state Supreme Court justices um, to be resources for our students. Right. Because, yeah, money's money is needed, but right. what's also needed is access you know, people to open doors, people to say, Hey, you might want to think about going this direction. Hey, here's somebody I could introduce you to. And so our program is a four-year scholarship and then a a board of mentors to help open doors. And and what we're doing is we're building a network. We're building a family, you know, because every year our four graduates then go off and, and, you know, start their career and become resources for our current students. So, um, I'm really proud of the program. It's, it's 10 years. This will be our 10th year of, uh, given the scholarship coming up and obviously you have to raise money for it. So, um, the fundraiser we're doing right now is one of our, actually our second mentor was Tinker Hatfield and Tinker is a most famously known as the designer of, you know, Jordans from three through 15 and also did a wow. couple others, but, you know, essentially created the cross trainer, did all the air maxes. Um, like Tinker Hatfield is, worldwide known as an innovator and Nike designer yet still is connected to the community and literally showed up, you know, a couple of weeks ago at the door with, uh, with a pair of the, the new Jordan 14s that he did for the Oregon uh, football uh, team. And he signed them and said, Hey, I'd, I'd like for you to use them as a fundraiser. Well, he had given us five pair of Jordan one retros that he did with our, our foundation colors and our foundation logo a couple of years ago. I was like, how could I best utilize that? So we are raffling off. It's not an auction. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have to bid everybody. It's a $25 ticket to get a chance at winning an autographed Jordan 14 Oregon PE. It's only one of 275 made and the Jordan one retro with the, of the Harrington family foundation. That's only one of five, like literally like even DJ Khaled doesn't have these, like, (laughs) you know, all five are sitting in my closet right over there. So this is like one of a kind, Holy grail type sneakerhead stuff. Um, If you love sneakers, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, um, you know, buy a raffle ticket and win them. And then, Hey, you know, go sell them for 5,000 bucks or give them to us for sneakerhead that, you know, or if you just want to support some amazing students who, um, 
need need a door open for them, go on and buy a raffle ticket. Um, yeah, because I'm looking at it now. So it's the HarringtonFamilyFoundation.org. Mm-hmm. And when you go on there, it says apply for scholarship or sneaker for sneakers for scholarships raffle. And so I just clicked on that myself. So very simple. So I am definitely going to make sure I get my $25 raffle because I'm not a sneaker head. But I mean, you could make somebody's day who was though. I could either make somebody's day or they'll probably just sit on my shelf. I mean, I'm thinking I'm just put them in a case. <laughs> it could be sit on my shelf. Yeah. I mean, because I got I got the trophy stuff up here. I got the picture from the uh when we were all at the uh the bowl game deal, not the bowl game, but the uh the rookie deal, our picture they gave us all. Mm-hmm. So I got that in here in the office. So I definitely have to uh I'll definitely have to do that. I just like I didn't really, I wasn't a big office person, like taking care of, but I mean, I, I got my dad's jersey. My dad passed away in 2018, but I have his jersey behind me with the Super Bowl tickets and uh, his football cards. I got a roll out boat or one over here from PJ Fleck, the other one uh, from the team when my wife had breast cancer. So definitely um, I'm, I'm starting to add that, like Spice Adams, yeah. I sent him a jersey. He signed it for me. So now that's what I've been kind of doing is, is guys I know only, like I, I tell people all the time, like I'm not out here like, searching for stuff like adam thielen did something for me justin jefferson signed something i end up giving that to my daughter though uh so i got to get another justin jefferson jersey signed so i put in my office but uh, she's a huge jj fan like <laughs> she does the good because i was gonna say you're not doing the gritty are you no no not me <laughs> my kids though my kids are though okay i was gonna say because they like that's the next video you gotta play the piano figure out a song like the gritty well, song gritty and oh, your, your kids can do the gritty while you play the piano. <laughs> Trust me, you play the piano while your kids gritty to that. Like I, I don't think anybody's ever grittied we'd, we'd to piano music. We you saying what? No raffle tickets if, I if you ta- if you tag Justin Jefferson. Trust me, I will make sure the Minnesota Vikings retweet that somehow. Like trust me, that that is world known grittying. But uh, last one we got out of here. But make sure you guys remember too, and we'll make sure to have the link on our Twitter. Uh, it's HarringtonFamilyFoundation.org. You can get a raffle. Uh, looks like it's going now. And so anybody can win. Anybody, anybody can win. I have a $125,000 goal. Uh, so I'll make sure to get that. I also reach out. My family has a, a foundation. We did. My daughter started, you know, doing these loci bracelets. Um, so I'll make sure to look at our family fund as well and, uh, and help you out with that. Cause um, we started it. My daughter started it when uh, George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis. And so it was just supposed to be something simple. They ended up being like a, we ended up raising like $130,000 uh, through like Disney, wow. ESPN, Little Caesars, and then literally just people coming up to her lemonade stand to buy handmade friendship bracelets. And so she was wow. on like Good Morning America. Uh, she was on CBS National News. She was on Fox News. Like she was all over uh, yeah. people interviewing her. See, here's, here's the thing that's so great. It's like, now I know that, you know, she has access from you. Like that's that's exactly what we're looking for in our students. Yeah. Just yeah. take the initiative. Just take the first step. Don't be afraid to stand out there and say, This is what I want to do. Like, congrats on you for raising such a strong, proud That's my wife. My wife did all that work. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just was there. I just all I did was I went on the radio. And somebody asked me like that day, like, what do you guys, cause it's about during the pandemic, you know, nobody was doing anything. And I went on the radio and on a iHeart media and they're like, yeah, what are you doing today? It's Sunday, no football, blah, blah. And I literally just made a joke. I'm like, Oh, my daughter's out here selling friendship bracelets and lemonade. Uh, and she's going to donate the money back to help the, uh, the, the riots in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Chad Greenway. So Chad Greenway ends up making a big donation. And then Lindsay Whalen, Gophers coach, you know, hall of famer, she does it. Then Adam Thielen, sends a video of him and his son 
And then, it, you know, it just kind of took off. You know, the owner from – I got a text message from the owner of the Vikings. I never play for the Vikings. I do work for them. But the owner of the Vikings ends up texting us uh, and sends, sends a check. And so – and then, again, it just – Michael Strahan reached out, and then Good Morning America showed up to our doorstep. And I'm like, what in the world did we sign ourselves up for? And and for people that haven't seen that picture, it's still on Twitter somewhere. You could tell I was unprepared because I hadn't shaved. My beard looked horrible. Like, my hair was just – like, I literally looked like I was still in the pandemic. And <laughs> – like my, my wife is like uh there's like a whole tv crew in the driveway and i look out and it legit i just i assume good morning america would like send one person it was like the whole deal like they really had a whole segment and all our neighbors like saw the tv trucks and good morning america signs and yeah it was but i was not prepared so my hair looks horrible and now that i look back on a lot of those videos and like my beard looks ratty and long. My hair was just yeah. It was I wasn't. It wasn't like one of those moments where I was prepared for it. That's that's the power of that's the power of giving somebody access, right? Yeah. No, giving it was great. A platform to be able to share their story. So hey. Yeah, and now we do something every year where we help out. They give money to uh, kids and they raise it. And so we've been giving like scholarships to kids in the in the local area that want to go to a. It's a Christian school in in downtown Minneapolis, and so we've been helping a kid every year get a scholarship there. Uh, but. One thing I want to let you do too before we get out of here. So don't remember, people, 25 bucks, get you a pair of retro one-of-a-kind Jordans. Like I said, DJ Khaled can't even say <laughs> another one. Um, so that's that's a that's a cool one. I'm gonna have to make sure I tag Khaled in, in that tweet to be like, mm-hmm. you don't even have these. Yeah, you and, don't and see and see what he does. But um when when you think about your past and you you made some comments, you know, about you thought it was self-inflicted on some stuff, but if you can get in a DeLorean. And because you also said, you know, you wouldn't change a thing. But if you can get back into DeLorean and you were to tell yourself one thing in the past or, you know, could have been two years ago, could have been when you were five years old. What would be the one thing you tell yourself to prepare yourself for the future? Work, obviously work as hard as you possibly can, which which I always did and I continue to do, but be flexible. Mm hmm adapt because you don't know what is going to happen as much as you think like I've prepared, I'm going to do this. This is how, you know, and I think that's the, I've learned the most from that, from being a father, right. From being a parent, like you can't control everything. Yeah. You can prepare and you can say this, these are all the things I've done to be in the possessed best position possible. And then you go and you do the best with what you got. Um, having the ability to be flexible and to adapt and to say, you know what? I was wrong. And I need to go back and fix something in order to get better. Um, I think that's, that's probably the best piece of advice that I would give myself going back. Well, man, that's, that's great, man. I appreciate you joining me on the Ron Johnson show. Well, definitely, like I said, we have to get you back. Uh, you know, right after the draft, maybe or something, see how that pans out. But uh, definitely going to keep an eye on this uh, sneaker raffle, uh, see what happens there. Not a sneaker head, but I do appreciate a good shoe. And uh, what better way to kind of get over my fear of Oregon than to just keep a pair of Oregon <laughs> in my in my office? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Joy Harrington. We want to thank you for joining me today on the Ron Johnson Show. Remember, people, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota app on YouTube. You can get all of our videos, all of our shows, instant press conferences after every game, and you can interact with us on Instagram and Twitter. So I want to thank you guys and have a great day. 
Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.